Good afternoon. This is Father Larry Richards, and this is Anchored in Hope with Father Larry Richards. And this is who Father Larry Richards is. Aren't you excited? I am tired. Uh, I I have people coming in from um, Canada this afternoon. And they were supposed to be here at five. Now they're coming at six and I have to take them to a fast dinner. Then I have to drive to Pittsburgh. I got a hotel in Pittsburgh. And then I head out in the morning to Los Angeles, uh, California. Then I drive to Alhambra, the Sacred Heart uh, Retreat House. And I'm going to be doing a uh, uh, men's conference out there. No, a men's retreat. So it's a three-day retreat with 70 men as of right now. So uh, um I want you to pray for us, please. And then after that, then I'm going to, um, I have to go, and I'm doing my five-day silent retreat. Don't you laugh, because it's going to be a silent retreat. And then I'm going to go um, from there. Next Friday, I fly to Hawaii to do a uh, conference in uh, Honolulu. Um, outside of Honolulu, I'm going to St. Anne's Church and doing a men's conference on Saturday, then speaking at uh, um, to all uh, whole parish or whoever is going to be there on Sunday, and then I leave on Monday. So please pray for me. I'll be praying for you as always. I just uh, gave Mo and at my tweets and everything, so uh, my tweets will be posted every day, morning and night. I'm going to try to get my homilies done that will go back and forth whether I get them out or not. Uh, if I can uh, have time tonight, uh, I'll try to get them down um, ahead of time, and then we'll see. Um, but if not, just please pray for me, and God willing, I'll be back in Erie on the 29th, I think. So how about we pray? In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Father, our God, our Savior, who created us out of love, we thank you for the gift of Jesus, and we thank you that he would come and die for us, that we would be with you forever in heaven. We ask you, Father, to embrace us and lead us and guide us and protect us and keep us in your will. We beg you these things, Father, in Jesus' holy name, amen. Mary, Mother of Jesus, Pray for us, good St. Joseph. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, welcome. Again, you can ask questions, Nat, on uh, the live chat here. Uh, You just type in some questions, and at the second half, I will sit there, and uh, um, I'll take your questions. And then the first half, what I want to do is, since we celebrated the Feast of the Assumption yesterday, I want to talk about the assumption and um, why we have and why we celebrate it and uh, uh, what that means for us. Huh. So, and then uh, again, next week I'm going to be away so we will not have the podcast in the following week. Um, I'm not sure if we will or not. I have to look. And then um, I'm going to be meeting. We're going to have my first uh, podcast again It'll be recorded. It won't be live. Um, and I'm going to be with Justin Fatika. Now, Justin Fatika was one of my kids at, when I taught at the high school. And now he goes around the world. Um, he got his hardest nails ministry. 
he was on HBO a couple years ago, or more than a couple years ago, 10 years ago. And he goes around dealing with uh, inner city kids, regular kids. He has apostles that come and um, they, that deal with the kids. I'll tell you stories about him when we have him, but he's uh, quite an interesting character. And so he's going to be talking about hope with me. Uh, and again, that'll be starting our new podcast format. Again, we'll keep this once a month where it's just questions and answers and that. So, um, but we need to to start expanding and reaching out to more and more people. So I think uh, this will help us do that. But let's talk about Mary and her, the Feast of the uh, Ascension, Assumption. Now, again, the difference between the Ascension and Assumption, as I just said two different things, is Jesus ascended into heaven by his own power. That means Jesus, the God of gods, the Lord of lords, the King of kings, um, after the resurrection, assumed body and soul into heaven. And then Mary, his mother, was assumed into heaven. That means she was taken up into heaven by God. And so the difference is not by her power, but by God's power. And again, everything that we talk about when we talk about Mary... It's all about Jesus and all about what Jesus did for her and does for us. Again, yesterday, or uh, I'm guessing most people uh, went to Mass for the Feast of the Ascension yesterday, or the day before yesterday, two days ago, huh? Jeez, have mercy. Um, that you heard at the day Mass, not the vigil Mass, but the day Mass, the Magnificat. And Mary says, my soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. And before uh, she said that, uh, the angel says, blessed are you among women. And blessed is the fruit of your womb. And so here, the word blessed is used twice to Mary by God's angel, which is God speaking to Mary. And then uh, when she goes to meet Elizabeth, Elizabeth looks at her and says, Blessed are you who believed that everything the Lord said to you would be fulfilled. Again, called blessed. This is the third time that the word is used. Once for Jesus, once for Mary, and here twice for Mary. And then when Mary says the Magnificat and she says, From this day all generations will call me blessed because he who is mighty has done great things for me. And holy is his name. She didn't say holy is my name. She didn't say holy is anything except God. God's name. And holy is his name for what God did for her. So that happens all the way back if you're going to celebrate the, uh, uh, the Immaculate Conception that Mary was conceived without original sin. Not for her but because from her, God would be born in humanity. So Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, could not take on sinful flesh. So she had to be saved by what Jesus Christ did on the cross because, remember, it says in the Magnificat again yesterday, he is my Savior, that Mary needed a Savior too. But Mary was saved at the moment of her conception. And again, to deal with this, we got to look at the eternal nowness of God. That since God is now, 
God took what Jesus would do on the cross now and placed it on Mary now at the moment she was conceived now so that in her flesh she could bring forth the God of the universe in human form. Huh? So it all has to do with God, and it's because of the eternal nowness of God. And again, that's the way God gives us the Eucharist. You know, when he said at the Last Supper, this is my body, and he had not died yet because... Um, in God's time, which is beyond time, as everything's happening now. When we go to Mass, everything's now. So, uh, again, you got to get that. It's why in, the, in seminary, they make us uh, get a minor in philosophy before we really start dealing with theology so that we can understand the concepts of theology. Um, and so it's... Uh, so everything has to do with Jesus, everything has to do for Jesus, and it has to do with us. It gives us a hope of what will happen to us and for us. Huh? Uh, so Mary was saved by Jesus on the cross, and it was placed at her at the moment. Now, again, this is, this is what we call grace. We talk about grace a lot, but I don't think a lot of people really get grace. It's the free gift of God, again, Mary didn't do anything to deserve being immaculate conceived. She didn't deserve that. She didn't do anything. She didn't even exist. And God chose her at the moment before she was born, of course, like he chooses all of us, but he chose her for a specific thing and took what Jesus Christ would do on the cross and placed it on her at that moment of conception by a gift of prevalent grace, as it says in the... Um, um, the opening prayer during the Feast of the Immaculate Conception. So that this was the, the way grace operates. It's giving to people by free gift of God. We don't earn it. You can't earn it. God gives grace. And so this got to be important for you and I to remember that everything is grace. Everything is a gift from Almighty God. It's what he does for us, not what we do for him. And the same thing when it comes to Mary. It's what God did for Mary, not what Mary did for God back then. Huh? But she did have to receive that preliminary grace. She had to receive it. So must we. So when you and I surrender ourselves completely to the Lordship of Jesus and we task him to come in and take over our hearts and our lives, and we do that sacramentally at baptism and confirmation but it's still got to be a thought out reality it's not magic huh you mary had to say to the angel fiat let it be done to me she had to do it and so must we we must say it just because you were baptized doesn't mean all the grace you've received the grace let's say it that way have you truly surrendered yourself to the Lord? Truly said, Jesus, I want you to take full control of my life, holding nothing back. I give everything to you, Lord Jesus. And I no longer want to live. I want you, Lord Jesus Christ, to live inside of me. Galatians 2, 19 and 20. Huh? That here was Mary that when she was faced with the will of God, she embraced it fully. And you and I must live our lives every day that way, to embrace the will of God fully and surrender ourselves completely to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. 
And I know that sounds Protestant, but it's not. We all believe, Catholics and Protestants, that we're saved by grace, by what God did for us. Now we have to receive that, and again, we receive that through faith and works, and that's how Mary received it. Later on, she believed what God said, blessed are you who believe what the Lord said with you would be fulfilled, and she lived it, let it be done to me, and then she lived the will of the Father all the days of her life to show us that we too have to have the faith and we have to live that faith. And we call it works in the Catholic Church. Um, but again, it's not just one or the other, it's both and. So we react to this act of faith. I believe that you are God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. Come in and take control of my life. Live your life through me. And then we live the life of God inside of us, uh, letting him live through our lives. So as I tell people all the time, we got to get out of the way. We got to get out of the way. We got to get out of the way and let Jesus have full control. Let Jesus live his life through us. huh? And so Mary's our example. Mary is the first disciple, <coughs> meaning that it's her faith that makes her a disciple. That's why later on, when someone comes to Jesus and says, your mother and your brother's are looking for you. Jesus says, who is my mother? Who are my brothers? The one who does the will of my father. So Mary is first his mother because she said yes to the will of God. So how important that is for us to be constantly living the Lord's prayer. That And, and uh, hopefully, I'm taking my book down with me, um, so I can uh, hopefully finish my uh, the Lord's Prayer book um, while I'm on retreat. So uh, hopefully I'll be listening and being silent, and then I'll have some a chance to uh, bring that silence into reality with the book. We'll see. If that's what God wants, sometimes when I go on retreat and I have plans, and God says, I want you to shut up and do nothing. And be with me. And I, okay, God. Again, to do the will of God. So um, that's what we have to be doing. So have you surrendered yourself? Have you made an act of faith? Have you asked God that the only thing you want is his will? Have you let Jesus Christ take control of you? If not, this is a great time to do it. Huh? Don't just sit there and think of, uh, well, that would be a good thing to do. Well, do it now. Get off here. Don't listen to me. Go talk to God. You know, because he, uh, more than anything want, anything else, he wants you he wants you, but he won't force himself on you. You always got to make sure that you're making an act of faith and you're living that. Huh? So then we come to the uh, assumption. And when we focus on the assumption, when we focus on the assumption, why was Mary taken body and soul? Huh? First of all, it talks about that she would not undergo corruption because she did not have original sin. And part of original sin is death. Huh? And so, um, unlike Jesus, who was God, who took sin upon him to pay for our sins, that Mary, you know, there's been a tradition, both traditions in the church. One is that she fell asleep, the domin domination, domin not domination, doma, uh, don uh, whatever, it's Mary fell asleep. Some uh, tradition has that she never died. John Paul II once just said, yes, she died. And again, the reason that um, 
she would have is because if Jesus Christ came and died, then I can imagine that Mary wanted to be like her son in all things. And so for her to do that too. But the question is, what happened after she died? Well, the teaching of the church is she was taking body and soul into heaven. So that's why she can appear in bodily form, if you will, like at Fatima, at Lourdes, at Guadalupe. It's interesting, though, isn't it, that each time she appears, she appears under a different form uh, because of her resurrected body. So, uh, and because Jesus was the first to do this, then Mary, his mother, also does this. But part of that is that it's because of her saying yes to the Father's will, because of her surrendering her life and living God's will every moment of her life, that she was taken up body and the soul to show us that when we live God's will, that one day we too will get our body and our soul reunited. Again, you're not when you die, you don't become an angel. You know, when an angel, when you hear a bell ring, an angel does not get its wings. I'm very sorry about that. <laughs> uh, the, the, uh, the, 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 the story was wrong. Again, we do not get wings when we die. We don't become angels when we die. We, again, when we die, as we've talked about before, we stand before God and we go for the particular judgment and then we go to the final judgment and then we live, we get our bodies back glorified and get to go to heaven or we get our bodies back and suffer forever in hell. You know, hopefully none of us do that, but that's part of the option. And when uh, Jesus said the road is wide and many people choose that, then we got to sit there and okay, that's what Jesus said. Jesus isn't a liar. He's the only one that's been on the other side and back. So, we got to make sure we're on that right road as Mary was and she always said yes and so we always got to say yes too. And when we don't say yes and we sin, we have a Savior that pays for us. What a glorious thing that I don't have to do it myself. I have a Savior who saves me. And that should always make us joyful. You know, I was reading, I was uh, listening when I was doing the priest retreat a couple years ago. And I record, well, I didn't uh, record it, but uh, a priest, I was in Birmingham, and the vicar general down there, fantastic guy, he uh, took fantastic notes and typed them up for me and sent them to me. So when I go and I do a, a priest retreat, I already have notes uh, that he had done. And I was um, I was talking about it, reminded me that, just a couple of weeks, a couple of weeks before that, someone had come up to me, and I would give my passion talk, and the woman says, uh, "You know, Father, that's not right." I said, "What's well, not right? Jesus did not suffer, and neither did Mary suffer. They never suffered their whole life." And I go, "What? Because God preserved them. They had it. There was a a Saint Seer, seer that said that uh, Mary or uh, Jesus never suffered." And I said, well, the seer was wrong because the scriptures are very clear that Jesus suffered. Huh? And we have such great devotion to Our Lady of Sorrows. Huh? Now, at, on the opposite extreme, someone says that um, after Jesus was born, she never had another joyful day. 
I'm thinking, everybody's nuts. <laughs> like, I'm either direction. Like, oh no, she never, she never ever suffered, uh, ever suffered at all. Or no, no, she never had joy after. Come on, people of God. Stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. If the God of the universe and Jesus Christ was like us in all things but sin, Mary too is like us in all things but sin. Um, it drives me crazy when people make up these pious realities and we try to make Jesus and Mary uh, otherworldly. And though in some ways Jesus, of course, is otherworldly because he is God, Mary is not otherworldly except now because she's in heaven, but uh, the reality of um, and her prayers and her intercession and her power. But she was like us in all things but sin. She had to go to the bathroom. She had bad days. She got stomach aches, just like everybody else. And that's what is to give us hope. You see, if Mary and Jesus wasn't like us, then that which is not assumed, the saints would say, has not been saved. So everything, when Jesus picked on, took on humanity, humanity took on divinity. And so that is explicitly shown in Mary, but it's also to show us that as Mary, so us, so that we too will get our bodies back one day. We too will live forever. We too will have a glorified body. That body that's dead, that's gone, will be glorified and uh, it'll be resurrected. And the resurrection is different than the resuscitation of a body, huh? Lazarus was not resurrected. Lazarus' body was brought back to life. Resurrection is a transformation of the body, huh? And so Mary shares in that transformation of the body and got, was taken up into heaven and uh, gets to pray for us, intercede for us, as so many know. There was someone that uh, came to me the other day, and they, uh, and, uh, they were just say, everything's Mary. And I go, nope, everything's Jesus. Everything's Jesus. And Mary points us to Jesus. And again, I have great devotion to Our Lady. I talk to her every day. You know, when I fly, I always go to Our Lady, and she takes, you know, I always read the... Uh, I've said this before, the, um, what, she, what she says to the, uh, Juan Diego at Our Lady of Guadalupe, are you not my son? Are you not in my lap? Is there anything else you need? Always gives me great hope and great comfort that the mother of my God is my mother too because Jesus gave her to me from the cross and to you too. And that she takes care of us and she loves us and she prays for us and she intercedes for us and she gets things for us. But everything that she does points to Jesus. And so must we. You know, we must point to Jesus. We must be in love with Jesus as Mary was. Nobody looked at Mary, Jesus more than Mary and so we should be like her that we look at Jesus always so that the time comes when we're taken and assumed into heaven at the end of time, that when we're transformed and we get to look at Jesus forever, think about it, we get to look at God and love God forever. 
But you got to remember that this is what heaven is. We're not just going to be sitting there staring at God just to be a ticket vision. Oh, please, I'd be bored in about five minutes. I'm sorry, I just would. And they go, that's not nice. It is nice. I'm just telling you what I think, what I feel. Um, it's more than that. It's where God loves us, where we love him and we love each other forever because God is love and we participate in that love for all eternity. Never gets boring. It never gets old. It's always new. And think of all the people that have ever existed. And we get to know all of them one day. We get to know all of them. Do you ever think about Mary who's in heaven now? She knows all of us as sons, as daughters. Mary, who is 100% human, not divine, knows all of us. And so, we too, and the reason she knows all of us is because of Jesus. So when we too die, and we too are transformed, and we too have a glorious body, we too will get to know everybody because of Jesus. Now that should get you a little excited. Huh? You know, we don't, some, I was, uh, you know, I walked in before I started teaching at my high school I was at, I walked into a theology teacher and the, the teacher, God rest him, sat there and this kid raised his hand and says, uh, when we die, when we know, well, we know our parents and when we know our friends and the teacher says, nope, but you won't care either. And I, <laughs> I was like, uh, Excuse me, can I say something? He said, sure. And I says, of course you're going to know your parents. Does Jesus Christ know his mother? Does Jesus Christ know St. Joseph? Did Joseph stop being Joseph after the, he entered into heaven? No. Did Mary stop being Mary? No. So we keep our personalities. We keep our individual reality, who we are. We keep that. And we get to know people as they all reflect the glory of God. But again, of course you're going to know your family members that are in heaven. Of course you will. Because you don't stop being who you are. That would freak me out, I think, if, you know, some religions believe you just become one with everything and you lose yourself completely. And part of us is we have to learn to die to self and lose ourselves in some ways. But when we lose ourselves, it's truly when we find ourselves. Our cells never go into nothingness. They are redeemed. And so what Mary does now is if she knows all of us, and she does, and she hears our prayers or our conversations or our talking to her, we'll got to, we get to do that too one day. So the Feast of the Ascent Assumption is hope for us that as Jesus did, as Mary did, so shall we do if we do the will of the Father. You got it? You get it? You're going to live it? Nature knows love today and forever. Amen. Very good. Okay, now we'll answer some questions in that here. And just as an aside, someone was nasty again to me with uh, one of the reels that was, you know, uh, Mo puts out reels, the, the, the less than a minute things on TikTok and that now. I still haven't uh, went to TikTok yet to see what's going on. But anyway, um, the, you, go to, um, you go to this, and so somebody was making some smart, you know, 
comment and says, nice uh, demonic, um, what was not figure, but symbol on your uh, vestment, Father, whatever that is, nice demonic symbol, you know. So, of course, I blocked him. But, again, I'm, not, I'm way beyond trying to sit there and, well, let's talk about this stuff. You know, the people that make those type comments out of nowhere online, uh, they have issues, and I'm not going to enter into their issues. I have enough of my own. So, uh, but again, can, can we talk about that for a second? When I re, if you watch the, me on Mass every day during ordinary time, when I w use the green um, vestment, there is two symbols, gold symbols, that are a triangle and another type of a triangle. They're intermingled. And that is a symbol of the eternity of the Trinity. It's no demonic symbol. It's a Christian symbol. So uh, even the people that are like more religious or whatever, they come and they sit there and say, Father, why do you wear that pagan symbol? It's a Christian symbol. It's the symbol of the Trinity. That's why it's on the vestment. I didn't buy the vestment. The vestment was there before I got there, but it's a nice vestment. That's why I wear it, and we match with everything. So when people are, I said, thanks for being judgmental, but that's not what we're called to do. Anyway, let's go here now. Good afternoon, Teresa. Good afternoon, Bruce. You're muted, I know. No sound, I know. No sound, I know. Now you're good. Thanks. They had to come running in because, as I said in the beginning, I am tired. I still have to run home. I'm still not finished packing. Uh, I, you, I was going to pack the car, but I have to put people in the car and take them out to dinner. So uh, uh, that's why I just forgot. Uh, Lisette, hello everyone. Good afternoon. A lot of driving. Yes, I will be doing a lot of driving today and down tomorrow and all that stuff. Good evening, Harry. Hi, Harry. Sorry I'm light. Haven't been the same since Mary. Sister Mary looked me in the eye and told me she needs a man. <laughs> I'm not going there, Harry. That's just forget that. <laughs> I'll come back. Sandra L. Hi, Father Larry, Sandra, and Anna Lawrence here in South Carolina. I was fortunate to have recently purchased his book, Hard as Nails. Good job. Uh, God bless you always. He, I am the first chapter of his book, and he is the last chapter of my book, Justin Fatika. Okay. The book is going with you. I can't wait to read. There you go. Good afternoon. Hi, Betty. Uh, can I ask two questions? Of course. That's what it is, RL. I am being received in the church at Easter. Good. What is the proper way to receive communion? People seem to receive the host in different ways. The, you can receive on the tongue or in the hand. Now, um, some people think it's more reverent on the tongue, and some people think it's more ancient on the tongue, which is not true. The tongue sins more than the hands for most people, and uh, the way that the apostles did it and the early church did it was they didn't even think about on the tongue. That wasn't part of the reality. They still had the reality of knowing that it was Jesus who was God. But to open your hand is a sign of a being a beggar. You know, I'm a beggar, and I need, uh, I need you. I need to surrender myself to you. So the, the proper way is for one hand to support the other like it's a throne and then you're surrendering like you're asking for something from god and then the priest puts him jesus christ in your hand and then you have like this throne and then you pick him up and you receive him uh, that is the ordinary way in america now to receive on a tongue is still allowed and uh, if you go to rome it's given on a tongue not because on the hand is forbidden as some people like to say 
the reason, like if you ever go to the, uh, the Vatican for a big mass, everybody receives on the tongue. Why? Because there's less problem of people taking the Lord Jesus Christ and putting him in their pocket or using him uh, for demonic reasons. So there's less abuse when we put it on the tongue. But it's not more appropriate. It's not more reverent. Um, to me, I mean, when someone comes up and they stick their tongue out at me and then at Mass, I'm in persona Christi. So you're sticking your tongue out at Jesus is what I always say. You know, excuse me. The God looks at your heart because you can receive communion in the tongue and be very prideful about it. You can receive communion in the hand and be very proudful about it. Both are allowed. So we can't judge people who do either way. And we got to be looking at Jesus. And we got to be humble when we do it. So both ways are allowed. Uh, don't let anyone tell you, well, someone, the saint said this. Huh? Because if the Holy Father allowed it, and it did many years ago, I was a child still, uh, or in high school, when the Holy Father and the bishops and that allowed this. But again, it developed towards the Middle Ages. Now, again, um, and then all the stuff that we have, and I, it's, it's pious and it's good. I'm not saying it's not good, but it's not either or. Huh? So, uh, again, so as long as you're reverent and have a humble heart when you do it and not judge everybody else who doesn't do it like you. Secondly, what is the church's stance on whether a priest can or should contact police? If they have heard confession that someone has murdered someone or is hurting a child in some way, uh, the priest can never contact police of anything they have heard in confession. It's the one place in most of the world that uh, I've heard murder and other things years after it happened. Um, but the job of the priest is to be Christ and forgive them. Huh? Now, if I hear it about outside of confession, then I must report it. I'm a, I must report it. And I would report it just because. I mean, that's the right thing to do. But when a person goes to confession, the priest is Christ. And after the confession, he must forget what was confessed. He can never bring it up again to the person. He can never talk about it again. It's done. Because... He's seeing, this isn't like a counseling session. Like if I'm in a counseling session with someone and they say that I have to report it too, but if it's in the sacrament of confession, if a priest does bring any of that out, he's automatically excommunicated from the church. The seal is such an important bond that it cannot be broken. Hi, Father Pagan Paul. How the heck are you? You should be coming up to my retreat Pagan Paul, up in Alhambra. It's only two hours, less than two hours. You know, you'd, it'll be good for you to go for a full weekend retreat, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and have to go to confession and have to uh, uh, go to uh, hear some priest pick on you the whole weekend. I don't know why you're not going to be there, and you should be going, Paul. Anyway, good afternoon, all of you. Margaret, hi. I don't do TikTok. Yeah, I don't really do it, but it's, it's trying to get the younger people. Huh. Again, we got to go where people are. Jesus did. He got into our sin, you know, and took that sin onto the cross, and he got into our skin, and so we got to get and meet people where they are. Okay. 
Hi, Father Larry. I love when you have praise and worship in your parish. Where can I find liturgy for that evening? Where can I find the liturgy? Have a safe trip. It's always, it's only the first Thursday of the month, and it's usually live here. So if you come on to our webcam, or our, the, the YouTube channel at 7 o'clock on a Wednesday, or that's uh, our time, Eastern time, uh, you can get it live. If not, you can always watch it afterwards. It's only the first Thursday of the month. Um, how's your book coming? Getting close? Well, hopefully it'll help during this uh, retreat I'm on. Hi, Father Larry. Any advice for someone with a parent who has fallen away from the faith? I know my dad believes in God, but he's very angry. Anger is always either hurt or fear. Huh? And so um, you got to ask the Lord to heal his hurt or his fear, and the anger will become less. But you pray for him. You put him in the Blessed Mother's arms. Uh, everyone I've ever put in Mary's arms, I've never lost because she loves him more than I do. And she loves your father more than you do. So when you say the rosary, uh, say it, put his name in there. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for my dad now and at the hour of his death. Amen. Divine Mercy Chaplet, because of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on my dad and on the whole world. You do your praying and loving and God will do the rest. Okay? Lightning. Hi, the show Mother Mary bringing Mother Mary Magdalene Jesus where she seeks forgiveness. Oh, I didn't know that. Seal of confession. Yep. I love your answer. I'm receiving in the but about receiving in the hand and the tongue. There you go. I have a Knights of Columbus this weekend. Well, blow it off. What's the matter with you, Knights of Columbus, or being in the weekend and praying all weekend? That'd be fantastic. I don't know. We have barbecue Saturday night and installation of our new pastor on Sunday with the bishop. That's okay. You don't have to come, Paul. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. I will try to make it one when you're out there. Well, I don't know. It's going to be a while before I'm out there for another one. But we have a um, couple more questions here. And if there's no more questions, I'm going to leave early because I got uh, still packing to do. Anyway. Okay, this is from Ed. Uh, on a show with Dr. Rayoni Dibetien, I believe it aired on the 8th of May, you said, we, nah, it could have been whatever, you said that marriage is a vocation, that God has chosen someone for you from all eternity. I am with you on this because if God already has a plan for each and every one of us, he must already know through whom he is going to bring about and whom he will bring it about next to in the world, our children, excuse me, and how. I ask this question because I find myself in a relationship that it's a bit hard due to the different ethnic background and far away country. I pray to God daily to see whether she is the one he has planned for me. Our soul seems to connect. We pray together online, but there are numerous obstacles. But I am, but am I correct in phrasing my prayer right? That is, is she the one he has planned for me? There are many priests who seem to shy away from thinking God has someone planned for you. However, to say that uh, truth yours seem to make the most sense. Of course, there's a plan for all of us. So God has a plan. I mean, people want to like keep God out of it. God has a plan. You know, when uh, Jesus was to go to go to the cross and he said, not my will, your be done. He wanted to surrender the plan. When Mary went and looked at God and says, fiat, it was his plan. You and I, God has a plan for. So we got to keep saying, if this is the one you created me for, then let it happen. If it's not, then make sure it doesn't happen, God. And God will respond to that. Huh? Okay. Thank you for your question, Ed. 
Hi, I have a question. While I was at attending a funeral mass just before the priest announced, Behold the Lamb of God of Holy Communion was given to another priest. Is this correct? Yes. Um, before we hold up the host, uh, any celebrating priests are giving uh, Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. They don't consume him, or not supposed to consume him, until after the main priest does. But yes, they hold up Jesus or hold Jesus in their hand before the Lamb of God, you give uh, the Blessed Sacrament to every priest and they receive it and when the priest receives. Okay? Okay. Have a safe trip. Thank you. Praying for you on your trips and see you on the 30th. We have mass streamed. Uh, who's filming in? Uh, filling in. It's going to be uh, on Sundays. We're going to have uh, Father Chris Barron on one Sunday. At the 11 o'clock, this one coming up, or the 10 o'clock, he's a newly ordained priest. He's only been ordained like three or four months. Great guy. And then we have Dan, Father Dan Hoffman do another Sunday, and he was one of my students and now is a priest. And then we have Father Schwoger on a Sunday or maybe two, Sunday, two Saturdays. I'm not sure. But then uh, Father Pat McCormick, of course, which most of you people are used to seeing. Father Pat will be there uh, during the week. Uh, think exclusively but i'm not sure but uh it'll be 10 days uh but again all my tweets and that will be put out and hopefully i'll get out um uh the homilies but at least i know that people there are homilies going out they don't have to listen just to mine and so uh if i don't get too stressed about doing it then i'll get it done if it stresses me out too much then i won't get it done because i when I'm doing 50 different things, it just, it won't be good anyway. So again, so we're going to leave you all now. So uh, again, please pray for me and the people I'll be speaking to in uh, Hawaii and uh, Alhambra and uh, pray for me on my silent retreat that I can be still, that I can know God's will in my own life and make sure I'm doing it and know I'll be praying for you every single day. It'll be in my masses and my prayers. Okay, I love you and I'm praying for you and please pray for me. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless, keep, and protect you. He was Father and Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you. Good.